The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. And thus they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. In an earlier age in religious education in the Catholic tradition, things began with questions. Who made you? God made me. Why did God make you? Talk about beginning your religious instruction with the big issues. Why did God make he made me, not he made someone else, not even he made us. He made me. Note how personal these questions are. Why did God make you? Who made you? Not mom and dad. I'm not self-made. Who made me? Where do I come from, really? This insistence that we put first things first and we begin with the most basic, the most fundamental. I am not the origin of my life. Nor is this earth the complete and total origin of my life. My life comes from someplace else. Someone else, in fact. Someone besides me and my family and my culture are involved in who I am. God made me. And he didn't do it on a whim. He didn't do it for no reason. Note the implication. Why did God make you? Because you were made. I was made for a reason. 
there is a reason, a point, a purpose, a direction to my life that is hardwired in from the beginning. I was made by God for a reason. What is that reason? What is the why? Because the answer to the why is the answer to the question of what is the end, the goal, the purpose of my life. For what end was I made? I was made to know him, to love him, and to serve him in this life so that I may be happy with him in the next. It's a simple answer, but note how much it says. Note how much is packed into these simple questions. Who made you? God made you. Why did God make you? God made you to know him, to love him and to serve him in this life so that you will be happy with him in the next. In other words, God made you for himself. And God made you to share the eternity of his own joy and his own happiness. Not for earthly happiness, not for worldly pleasure or worldly success or worldly accomplishment. God made you with an eye to eternity. But what is the way to gain that eternity? What is the way to grow into that everlasting happiness for which we have been made? the way is by knowing him. Because, and note the order, because the order is essential. To know the Lord so that we can love the Lord, because we don't love people we don't know. If we don't know the Lord, we can't love the Lord. And so right away we recognize that the Lord has made us to have a relationship with him, a relationship by which he will disclose and reveal himself to us. And he desires that we know him. The one who has given us life desires that we know the source and the origin of our very being. And as we know him, the more we know him, the more we will be moved to love him. And out of that love springs true service of God. Not the service of a mere slave. Not the service of an employee. Not the service of a hireling. But the service of one who does it on behalf of the one that he loves. 
What a remarkable statement about the intrinsic greatness and dignity of human life, of your life and my life. When we celebrate an occasion as we do today, the birth of a saint, the birth specifically of St. Louis de Montfort, we are celebrating the fact that not only did God make young Father de Montfort, and not only did God make him for that wonderful reason of knowing him, loving him, and serving him in this life, we celebrate the fact that the end, the goal, the meaning of that why has been realized. That this life, is a life that knew God, loved God, and served God in this world. So that he is, in fact, joyously happy, perpetually happy with him in that everlasting world of glory. And as we do so, we are reminded that where he has gone, the path is marked out for us to follow as well. We celebrate not Father de Montfort's private victory and private greatness, but we celebrate the way that his life shines brightly as a model, a pattern, a sign, and a call for us as well who, while we are not equally great as him in our holiness, have been equally made by God, have been equally made to know the Lord. We have been equally, not one bit less, made to love the Lord. We have been equally made to serve the Lord in this life that we have and that we have only because he has given it to us. And we are equally promised a share in the Lord's eternal joy in the next. What a beautiful and challenging reality that is. And it reminds us then that when we celebrate the occasion of birth, we recognize that for a Christian there are three birthdays that we celebrate. And you're looking at me, Father, come on, I only get one. I've missed all these extra presents and birthday cake all of my life. But we celebrate three. We celebrate that good and great day when we are born into this world. And that is the birthday with which we are all familiar. The birthday we share with all cultures, all creeds. The fact that our coming to life in this world is something that is worth celebrating. Mysterious as our receiving life is, we celebrate it. But for those of us 
who profess the name Christian, there is a second birthday, more important actually, and it occurs when we are brought into the church, to the font of baptism, and we are born anew, not physically, but spiritually into life in Jesus Christ where we receive a sharing in the life of Christ, a sharing that allows us to more perfectly, more fully, more completely be about knowing the Lord, loving the Lord, and serving Him in this life. Because we are gifted with the grace of Christ His Son, who perfectly knows His Father loves his Father, and serves his Father in this life, who saves us, and how wonderfully that we come to know the Lord in his church and in his sacraments, so that our lives as well can move forward. We celebrate today the birth of St. Louis de Montfort, and in his name is hidden these first two elements of Christian birth. Montfort is not his last name. Okay, the, the name of the saint in worldly terms is St. Louis Grignon. Most folks have never heard the Grignon. We always hear de Montfort. But de Montfort is not his last name. There is no de Montfort family to which he was a part. The word de Montfort means from the town of Montfort. It was the town where he was born and the town where he was baptized. And he himself adopted that as his last name, Louis of Montfort. And he did it with that double sense in his mind. This is where I came into the world, made to do the will of God. And it was where I was immersed into life in Jesus Christ that the saving will of God might root itself in me and I might truly live it in the Spirit of Christ. His very name speaks of these two great moments of birth. His physical birth on January 31st, 1673, And just a short time, a few weeks later, his spiritual birth in the waters of baptism. That's two, and you're still thinking, well, Father, where's the third? The third happens at the end of life, when we are born again, newly born into eternal glory. This is what we celebrate in the saints. The great birth that comes at the end of life when the Lord receives us, newly born, newly made perfect, into his goodness. Three births. We have already received two, and we move toward the third. Note how beautiful it is. We mark, in a sense, the beginning of a life, and yet marking the beginning points our eyes to the end, not just of his life, but of our own lives. 
And when we, fought, when we recognize this, we see in Father de Montfort, what we celebrate today is not his Marian doctrine. What we celebrate today are not his written works of spirituality. What we celebrate today are not those things that make him popular among the faithful in, frankly, a fairly superficial way. We celebrate today the character of the life that was born on January 31st, 1673, and grew to glorious maturity in the life of Christ by the time of his death in 1716, just a handful of years, 43 years later. We celebrate, in a sense, what we heard in our readings. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me, he has called me, he has claimed me. Because part of the call and the claim of the young life of Louis de Montfort and the adult life of Louis de Montfort was that he was born not simply to know the Lord, love the Lord, and serve the Lord in a private, anonymous way, but that his life was given a movement to know the Lord in such a way that he could help others grow in knowledge of the Lord. He was called to love the Lord in such a way that his love for the Lord would be so ardent it would spark a similar fire in the lives of those that he met. That his ardent, loving service of the Lord would be so relentlessly focused. The only way to describe it were with the two words that dominated his life. God alone. God alone alone. That is what I desire. That is who I seek. That is for whom I will live. God alone. And when we hear that at first, it sounds stark and spartan and isolating, as if everything is ruthlessly cut out of life. And yet it was precisely the God alone that made his life so available to so many. It's the God alone that caused him to move on foot across entire dioceses in France when he was preaching. It was the God alone that caused him to seek out the weakest, the poorest, the most wretched, and the lost, and love them as if he were seeing the face of Christ himself in their faces. It was the God alone that didn't isolate St. Louis de Montfort. It was the God alone that brought him to us, that brought him to the church. What a remarkable reality that is to know the Lord, love the Lord, serve the Lord in this life. And Father de Montfort and everything he did in his ministry was about first living that himself so that he could bring others to do likewise. And this is why it is wonderful that we have that lengthy reading of the Beatitudes as our gospel today. 
Because before St. Louis de Montfort wrote his powerful works on Our Lady, before he climbed into the pulpit in the great churches in France to give those sermons for which he is rightly celebrated, what had rooted itself in his heart was the meekness that Christ calls blessed was the desire for righteousness and the ability to mourn that Christ called blessed, was the desire to make peace that Christ calls blessed. One can speak of him as the fiery preacher, the bold prophet, but the mistake in that language is that it misses that quieter, more firm, more solid foundation on which the boldness and the fire rested. The humility. The bold preacher was the most humble of men. The fiery, ardent witness had a meekness about him, which was remarkable and puzzling. For all of his strength, for all of the drama in the way he spoke, there is something deeper, something founded on the virtues of Christ. And in no small measure, in no small measure, it was the great love of his heart, which was the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ. And so as Father de Montfort read through the Beatitudes, blessed are they, Blessed are they, blessed are they. He noticed, and he made those words his own. But then he came to the final beatitude, which doesn't say, blessed are they. Because they could be somebody else. The final beatitude that Jesus speaks in that section of the Sermon on the Mount is blessed are you. And those words registered in his heart. Blessed am I. What is this blessing for me? Blessed are you when they hate you, when they persecute you, when they insult you, when they speak falsely about you, not in general, but because of me. Rejoice and be glad. And at a very young age, Father de Montfort set his heart on acquiring that joy. He wanted to rejoice and be glad with that joy. The joy of the blessed are you. When wicked things happen to you because of me. Now let's be honest, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But if I did, I'm not sure I'd see all that many if I said, how many of us are going to start with that one? And yet here is the young man's heart saying, this is the secret. The secret of the cross, the secret 
of real union with the Lord, of true knowledge of the Lord. This is the measure. Not that my life meets difficulty and endures difficulty, but that my union with, my knowledge of, my love of, and my service of Christ is so great. It does make my life difficult, and it does make my life inconvenient. Because it means that my service of the Lord is impacting the world. It means that my belonging to Christ makes a visible difference. And even as the world attacks me, on some curiously wonderful level, I receive that difficulty with gratitude as a gift. I receive it with a certain joyfulness because this is how the joy of heaven will be given to me. That's a difficult teaching to embrace, a difficult way to walk, a difficult reality to accept. But this sits at the very heart of who St. Louis de Montfort is, that last beatitude. Blessed are you when life is difficult for you because of me. And Father de Montfort, even from a young age, expressed this desire to know this blessedness, this beatitude, by speaking of how he longed for the cross in his own life, how he longed for the union that it would bring Christ, how he longed for the knowledge of Christ that would only come through this means. This is why at the end of his life he was celebrated, and note the order of the words. At the end of his life, he was celebrated by those who knew him, those who listened to him, those whose lives were changed by him as the apostle of the cross and the rosary. But note the order. Note the order. Who made you? God made you. Why did God make you? To know him to love him, to serve him in this life so that you will be happy with him in the next. And on this day, we ask for the intercession of St. Louis de Montfort to pray for all of us, that we might embrace the Lord who made us and in embracing him, embrace the reason and the meaning for our coming into this world so that we might in fact live it in such a way that we can rejoice with that Lord, with Our Lady, with Father de Montfort in the everlasting joy of the life to come. Amen. <laughs>